The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Hey, welcome to it. John Scholes yeah, and John Pink is here to uh, to join you for the remainder of the hour. Employment Law Show. Want to reach out any time to Mr. Pinkus and his crew. They are the most uh, positively reviewed law firm, uh, employment law firm in the country. San Firu Tamarkin LLP, 1-855-821-5900. You have questions about uh, your employment. You've been laid off, changes to your work, uh, drop in pay. Change of location, been put on temporary layoff, been told you got a vax mandatory, all that stuff. Bring it on. Would love to talk about it. Vaccine talk, of course, for the last several weeks has been the uh, the main topic, but we, we handle it all. Severance questions as well. Good old-fashioned severance questions, anything like that. Bring it on. 416-870-6400. But we always get started with something that you've been working on. A couple things, as a matter of fact, John, and your, uh, your end for the last week or two. What's going on tonight, pal? Well, the, as you mentioned, John, the, the talk of the town right now is vaccination-related uh, firings and layoffs, unpaid leaves, and certainly mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, the main topic uh, that uh, is being dealt with in employment law going forward. Uh, but I wanted to talk about a couple other situations, um, one, one related to the pandemic and one not. Uh, so this first situation uh, involves a supervisor who worked for a manufacturing company around 25 years and last year in response to COVID-19 the company introduced new measures to respond to the pandemic including social distancing, uh, PPE, contract tracing, uh, the works. Now, This man we're talking about dutifully followed protocols, uh, wore a mask every day, socially distanced himself from his colleagues and his subordinates and he had a clipboard every day uh, with screening questions that he asked his staff. Then he would take these timesheets and submit it to management every day so they could have a record that the company followed screening protocols. Well, about six months into the pandemic, the, the company decided to do uh, an audit of these screening forms. And in sampling his screening sheets, it found that on two occasions over those six months, he had failed to check off the screening checklist for an employee who had been present at work that day. So he's immediately summoned to the manager's office and presented with the errors, given a lecture about how serious it is, how he could put risk, uh, etc. And immediately, this employee is apologetic. I know this is important. I'll be more careful in the future. I'm very sorry it happened. Uh, But this was not good enough for the operations manager, who's just apoplectic that this could happen. Uh, Very, just just almost like offended by it, right? So at that, right there and then, he's marched out the door, no severance. Uh, So I should mention that this is someone who had a clean safety record, never disciplined for safety in 25 years, for the past year, um, he was so embarrassed about what happened, he barely spoke to anyone about it, uh, until finally about one or two months ago, he spoke with a friend about it, who ultimately convinced him to seek legal advice, and that is when he called me. Now, there's no question that this individual made a mistake, but it's simply not enough to justify termination with no severance, particularly for a tenure like that. He did not do it on purpose, he didn't have a performance history, and he was apologetic when he was confronted about it. There's simply no way the company is going to be able to establish cause here. I just don't see it happening. So he's going to be owed his full severance, uh, which could be anywhere from 20 to 24 months pay. And 
that's a severance package in the six figures. So thank goodness he called when he did, uh, because as yeah. many listeners will know, if he'd waited too long, he may have run past that two-year limitation period. So the lesson here for employees, of course, try to make sure you don't put yourself in these situations by, by following uh, the rules of the workplace. But if it happens, make sure you own up to it when you're confronted about it. You know, I can appreciate that the knee-jerk reaction sometimes is you may want to try to diminish it or maybe even to deny it. That is not yeah. going to help you. It never will. The larger point, of course, here also is that if your employer alleges cause, don't be ashamed. Speak to an employment lawyer. It's a In that regard, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Let's grab a quick call here before we slide into a, a break in a couple minutes. Rick, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? I got a question for hey, Mr. Pinkus here. Uh, sure. I work, for a, I work for a transportation company down in London, and uh, we are federally regulated carrier, not provincial, but federally regulated. Now, in the past. The, uh, the past day after the end of last month, the uh, reconciliation day, was a statutory holiday the feds put out. My employer said he didn't have to pay it out. He says, well, he says, I'll most likely have to, you know, I'll pay it out to you guys there next year on family day. I'm thinking, wait a minute here. That's 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 the statutory federally regulated holiday. I shouldn't, and I get paid every two weeks, bi-weekly. So should I not be paid at the end of that two weeks for that day that, 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 was, that was owed to me? I would, yeah, I would say so. If you're in a federally regulated company, uh, then they're going to be subject to the Canada Labor Code, and this is part of the Canada Labor Code. So well, I, think, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, I think his deal is like he's just trying to get around. You know, in our industry, there's such a high turnover. Guys are quitting often, right? That you know, if they quit, well, doesn't want to pay it out. That's what I'm thinking it is myself. Mm. But I'm thinking, you know, that should have been on my last paycheck. That would right. I, I can't see it being stretched out to next next year, 2022, on Family Day. Right. I see that there. Like usually, I, I don't know where his thinking is coming on this one. I, I, even I can't figure out what's going on there. But you know, shouldn't it be paid out within that pay period? I I I, I would say it would be yes. So I think this is an appropriate situation to contact the federal labor program, uh, who is yeah. there uh, to protect uh, employees in your situation uh, from these uh, from these sorts yeah. of things. And okay, well that sounds good, guys. I have to look into it. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate the call. And you want to follow up any further with uh, John at a later time, you can do so. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. What, uh, what was the other matter you are going to bring up here, John, before we uh, keep going? Sure. Well, the second situation involved a bookkeeper who worked for a small company for 30 years, 30 years since he was Jeez. 20 years old. And he was recently let go without cause. Uh, and it was due to COVID-19-related downsizing. So he's called into a meeting. The owner, you know, very nicely thanks him for being so loyal to the company over the years. But ultimately, business is business. Now, of course, this employee thinks, well, you know, it's it's not great, but at least I'll have some severance to help me find another job. And that's when he learns the bombshell that the company is going to pay him eight weeks pay, eight weeks pay after 30 years. Now, how did the company feel that it could justify paying him eight weeks pay after 30 years? reason is because about three months into COVID, when it became concerned that it might have to terminate employees, it had them all sign contracts containing a termination clause, limiting them to the minimum amounts. He thought nothing of it at the time because he, along with other employees, were told, hey, it's just a formality. They're just updating their records. Fortunately, I've reviewed the contract and the termination clause is completely unenforceable. He's going to be owed a significant severance package. It could be as much as two years pay here. So the lesson, of course, is don't assume that your employer owes the minimum just because of a contract they're pointing to. Speak to an employment lawyer. 
There you go. And with that, we'll take a uh, we'll take a short break and get right back to lots more. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime you like. Lots more employment law information there. And the email address we get to, if we've got some time later on in the show, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Glad to have you along on the uh, Monday night show as we get a roll here. John Pincus, who is a partner, San Firu to Market LLP. Reach out anytime to John and his uh, his colleagues and his team. If you need help, get the compensation you deserve and the money you are going to be owed by your uh, particular employer, former employer, if it's a severance question. Anything else, you can reach out to John as well, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Got a lot of stuff to uh, to cover on the show tonight, John, including shattering severance myths. I love these. In between those, the phone calls, of course, lines open. Let's let's have at her, 416 870 6,400. Let's get to number one. That would be when you are fired, and you will often hear this from, uh, you know, your neighbor Jim or your uh, aunt or uncle or someone else who, oh, I've been fired. I know this for sure. That is, you are only uh, to receive one or two weeks for every year of service. That is correct, according to most people. Right, John? Well, uh, no, that is not (laughs) correct. You don't receive one or two weeks for every year of service, of course, uh, because that is strictly what we're talking about, the minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. The Employment Standards Act is going to give you one week per year of service in some circumstances, two years per year of service, but that is not your full entitlement. That is the minimum entitlement. If you call the Ministry of Labor, they will, of course, tell you that they cannot advise you on your full severance entitlements. They can only advise you on your minimum severance entitlements, and the difference can be enormous. Uh, So, it is going to take into account your length of service, but we're going to look at other things. We're going to look at your age. We're going to look at uh, whether you recruited. We're going to look at any barriers that you may have to being reemployed and the, the nature of your position. So this is an analysis that can only be done by an employment lawyer. Please, right. please, if you're looking for your severance entitlement, don't speak to anyone other than an employment lawyer. Again, 416-870-6400 is the way to uh, have your say, ask your questions. Victor, thanks for hanging on for a moment. Good evening. I um, I was uh, working in the transportation industry um, last year, and I didn't realize that uh, during the holidays I was on hold there for about 30 days doing nothing. And uh, my probation period passed, and... Next, you know, they came back to me and asking me to uh, do another probation contract. I found that uh, pretty sketchy there. And after that 30 days, I was let go. And then, um, you know, with all these doctors and rules and stuff like that, I couldn't even go back to work. Um, It was kind of hard for a whole year, you know, with all these regulations, you know, uh, working across the border and stuff like that. Okay. So, so Victor, do I do I understand you correctly that you were employed there only for for a probationary period after uh, after about a month? No, I was there for the first ninety days, 
And then the holidays came and all of a sudden I just sat there idling. I was like, no work, no phone call, no nothing. And I was like, they're saying it's slow or whatever, but I mean, a whole, whole more than 30 days. And then to come, then my probation period passed the 90 days. Mm-hmm. And then they made me, they made me sign another contract to, to extend another 30 days for another probation period. I'm like, Right. I thought that, you know, and then all of a sudden, I, uh, you know, because uh, I always had to see the doctors every week, once a week. Mm-hmm. And then the doctors all of a sudden, you know, with all these rules and regulations saying, well, if you're working across the U.S., I can't even see you. So I was like, I'm scratching my head there. Right. You know, this was this going back in the beginning of COVID, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I really a head scratcher. Right. Well, your employer can enact a probationary period, and they they can extend it, but they have to do so in good faith. And if they haven't done it in good faith, uh, then you would be entitled uh, to a severance package. Now, it may not be, um, uh, you know, it may not be a, a huge amount, but if even if you've been there for a short period of time, you still could be entitled to a couple months of severance. Um, if this, uh, if if more than ninety days have passed since you've let go. Um, Actually, you wouldn't have access to the um, unjust dismissal program anywhere because of your length of service, but you would have access um, to seek severance even though you were only there for a short period of time. So if you were unemployed for a period after that, I would recommend that you call our office and we can look into getting you a severance package uh, for the time that that you spent there. Yeah, it just sounded kind of weird when, you know, the 90, 90 days passed and then everybody else was in the same boat as myself, you know. Uh, not working because yeah, and you know, I, I'd want to see I'd want to see exactly what it is you signed as well. I just want to take a look at that and how that may impact your entitlement here. Victor, appreciate the time, and here is how you're going to reach out to John after the show and uh, moving forward. For that matter, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one. 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. So there, it's just that quick. Get some answers. Back to our shattering severance myths. Number two is this. Your employer says you've been fired for cause, so you aren't owed any severance. Right. So this is another myth. And you can think back to that first example we talked about at the top of the hour, right? You had someone who was employed for a very long time and was told very emphatically uh, by their employer, you're not owed severance, we've looked into the matter, given a detailed letter, explained exactly what they did, and you know, they're, they're made to, to look like almost like a criminal, right? But when you mm. peel away the ending here, you realize this is someone who made an honest mistake. So um, you have to remember when you're put in that situation that cause is reserved for the most serious offenses, and it's actually been referred to as the capital punishment of employment law. So especially if you've been terminated for cause, that is the number one time you need to contact an employment lawyer. Uh, next one is this, John. We'll go down the list. Being quote-unquote on contract, that means you don't get any severance. Right. So this this typically refers to one of two things. Uh, so uh, it refers to someone who's either being paid as an independent contractor sometimes, which means that um, they're not paid any deduction. They're not taking any deductions at source, or they're paid in cash, or, or something or other. And they're, you know, in name, they're treated as an independent contractor. They might have signed an agreement where they're treated as, as an independent contractor, but in practice, uh, they may actually be an employee. And we have to look at what are the facts on the ground. Is this someone who's in business for themselves, 
or are they in business for the employer? And if you're coming to work every day working for the same employer, you know, you're, you're driving a truck with their logo on it, or you are coming into an office every day to work, then chances are you are an employee of the company. The other thing that this can mean sometimes when they say that someone is quote unquote on contract uh, is they may be referring uh, to someone who uh, to to themselves when they are on a fixed term contract. So they say, well, you know, I was supposed to work until the end of the year and they cut it off early. If that's the case, then in many circumstances, we may actually be able to seek severance for the entire balance of that contract. So again, an extremely important time uh, to contact an employment lawyer. So short answer, being on contract, whether that's referring to an independent contract or a fixed term contract, uh, does not necessarily mean that you are disentitled from severance. And that is the time to speak with an employment lawyer. Want to get to more of those, but we always take the phone calls first, uh, John, as you know, in that regard, got Mark standing by. Hi, Mark. Good evening. Good evening, all. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Go ahead. Hello. Mark. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Hi. Uh, I work as a courier, and uh, the pay structure, to be quick, is uh, I get a daily retainer minimum, and the rest of my pay is made up by uh, uh, commission on uh, calls that I receive and deliver. And six months ago, I was it t- they took away three of my best luc- lucrative uh, contracts, so my pay dropped by 40%. They claim it's, it would have been temporary, so I waited all summer, followed up phone calls, and they told me to hold on, hold on till September. September came. Nothing came back. I'm very, very worried because I blew through my, all my savings. The last uh, conversation I had was uh, they would look at my paychecks and uh, look after me, and uh, they didn't respond to my numerous emails and phone calls. And today they told me that there's nothing they can do. So I would like to know if this is considered a constructive dismissal. And if so, uh, what is the best way to uh, get out gracefully or legally so I can uh, pursue this and get my severance pay and move on with my life? Well, I'm glad you called because that definitely sounds like a potential constructive dismissal for a drop in pay. A drop in pay that's uh, 40% and on a, particularly if it's on a permanent basis uh, certainly can be uh, grounds for constructive dismissal. In fact, I have seen lesser drops be uh, st- a strong case for constructive dismissal. So the first thing that we need to do, Mark, is, is we need to look at this in more detail. We need to look at um, exactly um, how this progressed, what communications you've had with them. And um, at that point, uh, you would want to uh, reach out to your employer, and we, we can talk to you exactly about how to reach out to your employer and, and, and do, to do so in writing. I have reached out, and I've kept a diary since uh, this occurred. The diary's in writing, but I have no emails. It's only been some uh, casual conversations uh, for the, in the last right. right. Yeah. Well, now now would be the time to put it more formally in an email or a letter and to do so with the help of an employment lawyer. Sure. Uh, and I think that if this is not something that you uh, that you can withstand, and it really sounds like, you know, given that you're getting into your savings, that it's just not uh, not tolerable, then there this are no be, more savings left. Yeah. So this, this would be an appropriate uh, case. It sounds like. Uh, to claim a constructive dismissal. So I would recommend you call us right away. You don't want to let this sit because time is of the essence in these situations. Sure. Give us yep. a call and yep. we'll, we'll walk you through all of it and, and talk to you about how we can help you.
Great. One more question. I've been working there for 10 years. So how many weeks uh, of severance pay am I entitled to? Okay. And around how old are you, Mark? Uh, I'm 66. Okay. Well, this is a situation where your entitlements could be anywhere from, I would say, sort of nine months to 12 months pay. Okay. Kind of in that range. Um, so, um, that is going to be, um, if you're out of work for an extended period of time, as a result of this, that could be the entitlement you're looking at. Uh, uh, how is it calculated if I work on commission when my checks are never the same every week? Well, we would look at the average, right? We would try and extrapolate what your, what your pay would have been had they not breached your contract. Right. Right. And, uh, usually how long do they have to pay out? Well, it depends uh, from a case-by-case basis. If it's really as simple as you're describing today, then this is hopefully the kind of situation we can resolve in a few weeks. If the facts are a little muddier and it gets a little bit more contentious, then it can take a few months, but it's typically sure. not a situation you're looking at years to resolve. And one more important question. What happens if I get a job uh, a month from now? Is that going to affect my, uh, my, uh, my pay, the uh, severance? Yes, it would. Okay. Because you're entitled to be paid for times that you're actually losing work, so or losing money. Okay. So if okay. you're paying money on your own by finding a new job, that's going to have a direct impact on your severance. Thank you very much for the information. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. And obviously, uh, you're going to reach out. Here's how you do it: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Would it affect his severance amount? Um, say he got a lump sum. Well, if he, uh, if he if he was paid a lump sum uh, through a settlement, you mean? Yes, correct. Right. So if he's paid a lump sum through a settlement and he finds a job afterwards, uh, right. then that's very different, right? So that's that's actually a very good point, John, because timing here is everything. And that's why we always uh, try and get these things resolved early on. Everybody takes a bit of a compromise, uh, but uh, that has a mutual benefit, and particularly to the employee who, you know, if, if they're likely to find a job. If you want to reach out to John as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. In the meantime, going back to our uh, shattering severance myths, number one is this, short service employees, well, they get very little if no severance. Right. Well, uh, you know, it, it, it depends how short service we're talking about. Uh, you know, earlier, I think it was Victor we were speaking with was a very, very short service, only a couple, uh, couple months. But even in those circumstances, those employees can certainly be entitled to, you know, two months pay, three months pay, even four months pay. Um, so there is that recognition that if you've been employed for a short period of time, that you can be entitled to more severance. Now, for someone who's employed for one year or two years, um, you can be entitled in some cases, if you, depending on the kind of position that you have. For example, you have a managerial role, you could be entitled to six months pay, in some cases even nine months pay. Um, so uh, this is something that uh, is really, really important because for people who are short service employees, they're often only offered, you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe, um, and sometimes nothing at all uh, if they've been uh, terminated after only a couple months. So these are, the, in, in many cases, the most important people to negotiate a severance package because often these are the people who have the hardest time finding a new job. Right. Right. 416 870 You got lots of time to go. So give us a call. Shattering Severance Miss one more of these before we bounce over to an email and some other content. And that is your rights to severance expire. If you don't accept your employer's offer deadline, the old, uh, you know, Friday at five or Thursday at four, you got to have the severance package just letter back to us, right? Right. Well, let's make no mistake. Seven rights, severance rights do not last forever. And it is important to act quickly. But 
the deadline in your employer's offer is not the limitation period, and it is the limitation period that matters. So definitely feel free to reach out to us as soon as you get that letter, and we can almost always uh, arrange a time to speak with you before that deadline so you can make an informed decision. But you also don't have to stress about that deadline if you're thinking of negotiating, because if you're going to negotiate it, that deadline is going to be completely meaningless. And remember why they're putting that deadline on it. They're putting that deadline on it because they want to resolve your case. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it because they know that uh, the offer they've made to you, in many cases, is below your full entitlements. So that's why you need to get your own independent legal advice and understand what it is that uh, you're facing. I guess the only time you'd want to make haste on that offer, and this would be, I would imagine, extremely rare, is if that offer's better than it should be, or or at least uh, adequate, if not a little more, and it's like, okay, take it while you can get it now, sign now. But I guess that doesn't, you, you don't see that too often, right? No, I mean, usually, even in those cases, if, if it's a very generous severance package offered, then usually there's also a generous deadline. Because if it's a generous severance package, the employer knows that any lawyer you speak to is going to say, wow, you're getting two years pay as a lump sum? That's a good deal. You should take that. The employer right. can and should have the confidence that if it really is a generous package, that's what we're going to say. We're going to say it's a generous package, and we're going to say you should take the money and run. Uh, so it's very rare to have that situation where it's a, an unreasonable deadline and a generous severance package. It's, if it's an unreasonable deadline, it's usually because it is a very um, you know, uh, low severance package. But again, if you're, if you're worried about it, give us a call. We can speak with you in, in very short time. We can usually speak with you before that deadline is, uh, is coming. Slide over, get a couple emails underway here, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Grant first up says, guys, I work from home for a software company. I'm not vaccinated, and my employer is threatening to terminate my employment if I don't get vaccinated by the end of the month. What do I do? Well, as, as you can imagine, John, this is an email we get uh, yeah. hundreds of times uh, per day, I'd say probably at this point. Um, and this is a situation that uh, has to be assessed on a case-by-case basis. But by and large, if you are working for a company uh, that is not mandated um, to have vaccinations by law, uh, then that is not a basis for your employer to treat us in subordination. So in Grant's case, you're working from home, you're working for a software company, he's not the interacting uh, with vulnerable people, and most importantly, uh, there would be no law that applies to that situation. So, you know, the first thing that you have to decide, Grant, is are you willing to lose your job? Are you willing to lose yeah. your job because um, you, you know, you, you have to be prepared to jump into what could be a dispute about your severance. If you're prepared to lose your job, um, then you wait to see what happens. If they follow through with their threat and they terminate your employment for not being vaccinated at the end of the month, then that's the point that you contact us. And that's the point that we would seek your severance package. But I think that the employer's position in this particular situation, you, you know, you're working from home um, yeah. and, uh, you know, you're so- and working for a software company, it's going to be very difficult to uphold that termination for cause. Want to get one from our uh, pal Erica here. She says, I received a nasty performance review from a supervisor who is, uh, who has publicly told me in front of my peers that he wants me to get fired. What can I do about it? 
Well, this is a situation I think there are a couple things that you can do, Erica. Uh, the first thing that I would do um, is I would exchange some either emails or text messages with one of your peers, kind of memorializing what happened. Get your peers to acknowledge what they saw, right? And, and right. I wouldn't ask for a formal witness statement because people can you know, get uh, very cagey about that, and understandably so. Um, so I would uh, just exchange some text messages or something informal so that there is a written record that you have witnesses that this was said. Um, and then I would put it to your supervisor. I'd put it to an email. You know, this really seems like you're following up on your threats that you wanted to get me fired. And I don't think this is fair. Very calmly, very politely and very civilly and respectfully say, this is what I disagree about this performance review. I don't think this is fair. I'm committed to my job. I want to work with you but I don't think that you are being fair in the way that you're treating me. And if you do that and later on you are, your employment is terminated, I would think you'd have a very compelling case um, that the employer does not have cause, assuming that's the position they take, which is typically what an employer does when they are giving you these kinds of performance reviews. Here's a uh, very common question you'll get. I imagine you have been for quite some time, John, and Cheryl's going to uh, going to bring it out to you one more time. Says my employer has placed me on a layoff since April of last year and has told me they don't know if they can ever bring me back. What can I do? Yeah, this is a really, really difficult and really unfortunate situation for for you know thousands of employees um, who are now poised to be on effectively uh, an unpaid, you know, quote unquote, leave or, or layoff uh, for almost two years. We're, we're getting up to that uh, that two year mark come March. Yeah. Um, and a lot of employers are at a minimum ex- uh, anticipating that they're going to keep these employees in this situation, in this limbo until January. Uh, well, Cheryl, the answer to your question is that if you, if you don't want to accept this layoff and you want to pursue your severance, um, give us a call and give us a call um, soon, uh, because um, now, fortunately, in, in uh, well, if he, it was April of last year, um, then uh, yeah. you have to be aware of that of that two year limitation deadline. So, give us a call now. Let's get started. Fortunately, you're not coming up against the deadline yet, but you you don't want to wait any longer. And if you want to pursue your severance, this would be an appropriate time to pursue your severance, assuming that you haven't agreed to the layoff. Yeah, one of several things employers are not allowed to do. I want to get a few more from that list that we've been talking about recently. That is your employer is not allowed to uh, let you go without severance just because you did something wrong. Right. It, it can't just be anything wrong. It has to be, uh, first of all, it can't just be something that the employer views as being wrong. It has to be objectively wrong. So if we go back to the um, one of those questions we got by email, um, an employer saying that you have done something wrong by not being vaccinated really depends on whether that rule is deemed as necessary for the workplace, an occupational requirement. And they're only going to be able to establish that uh, typically if it is a legal requirement of the workplace. So an employer who makes a rule first has to prove that rule is reasonable. Now, if in many cases you made a mistake like that, like that first situation we talked about at the top of the hour, and it really is a mistake, you've done something wrong in that case, yeah. uh, it was someone who forgot to, to check off something on a screening form, uh, and you have owned up to it and you have, you have expressed a willingness to continue the relationship and continue to, you know, to be subordinate to the people that you work for, then it's going to also be very hard for an employer uh, to terminate your employment without severance. Because again, 
Terminating without severance is the capital punishment of employment law. That is how the law looks at it. And it's framed that way for a reason, because it puts people in an extremely difficult situation. So don't suffer alone. That's the time to call us. Your employer is not allowed to, I love this one, put you on probation after you already passed the probationary period. Right. You know, the point of, uh, and actually, this is, again, this is actually very uh, relevant because we had a caller who had exactly this situation, it sounded like. I believe that was Victor. So the point of a probationary period is it's supposed to be a way for employers to test whether you fit. And once you've passed that probationary period, you have a reasonable expectation in most cases that you you pass that, you know, what we call kind of fit test. Now, if something happens, an employer doesn't like what you're doing. They can give you warnings. They may be able to put you on a, on a paid suspension, but they can't treat you like you are a new employee again. That's just, that's just disingenuous for an employer to do that. So if that happens and then they terminate your employment, they can't say, well, we know you've been employed here for two years, but we were putting you back on a probationary period, so yeah. we're only going to give you the minimum amount of the act. Well, no, it doesn't really work like that. That's not how probation uh, is designed to work, and they have to do it in good faith. So in that case, they're going to owe you severance based on your full years of service, just like everyone else. And I would say in that case, they might actually be uh, liable for some other damages for you know treating you disingenuously and in bad faith in how they terminated you. Want to get away? An email from Paresh just came in. Says, "Hey, John, I've been denied a twenty thousand dollar bonus this year for no good reason. Can I claim constructive dismissal?" Well, uh, Paresh, the good news is that um, you don't have to. Now, you actually can't claim constructive dismissal if you have only been denied one bonus. If you've been denied one bonus for one year and your bonus plan is continuing, uh, you're just you just were deemed to be not eligible that year. Um, mm. then a claim for constructive dismissal would would fail, would be unsuccessful. You won't be able to establish a constructive dismissal there because they haven't changed the terms of your employment. They've just denied you one wage, right? So, for example, if your employer misses one pay or they underpay you for one week, that's not going to be a constructive dismissal. Right. Same applies here. In fact, the law says even very, very large bonuses, even the hundreds of thousands, are not a constructive dismissal if it's just a one-time bonus. But again, the good news is you can do something about it. Uh, you can bring an action for breach of contract. Uh, and if that's something that's of interest to you and you want to hold them to account for an earned bonus and you've met all the criteria, please give us a call because that is something we can help with. This one's a little nasty from Gibson. we got time to get this in quick. says, uh, guys, my wife is coming back from pregnancy leave and is being asked to report to the person who took her job. Is there anything she could do about that? Well, this is uh, certainly uh, bad behavior on the employer's part on multiple parts. First of all, um, the employer cannot say they don't have your job anymore because someone else is doing it. Uh, So right there, that's a violation of the Employment Standards Act, and that's a violation of the Ontario Human Rights Code. Uh, Secondly, even in the absence of a pregnancy leave, if you're someone who who has someone reporting to you and all of a sudden those roles are switched without your consent – that alone is going to be a good basis for a constructive dismissal. Uh, so I would say in the circumstances, uh, that appears to be a, a fairly compelling case for constructive dismissal, and I would contact us right away so we can help you out with that. 
And that is the way we'll wrap this sucker up for tonight. We're back here Wednesday night. Of course, the weekend show as well. You'll want to reach out to John and his team now. Do so if you have a question uh, now that the show is done on air. It's 1-855-821-5900. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. That was the email address I've been referring to all show. And then the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. A wealth of information there. And there is also a piece on uh, disability law because there's tons of crossover between those two. So don't, uh, don't feel bashful about asking your questions about that as well and then again the phone number before we go 1-855-821-5900 we'll catch you next time employment law show the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio